Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This week's episode of the Rocky Road. I'm your host this week, Simon McGuire, joined by regular host Kevin Byrne. Kevin, how are you? Good, Simon, and yourself? How's, how's things? Getting there, getting there slowly but surely. Um, it's an odd one this week. You're the special guest, actually. Yep. <laughs> but it's been a busy. It's been a busy time in Irish boxing. We've had a couple of things recently. Had a couple of things coming up. Um, how are you seeing the, the the landscape play out? It's flat out, it's flat out, Simon. Um, Pro boxing in Dublin obviously had a bit of a rebirth this year with uh, Katie Taylor versus Chantel Cameron won at the three arena. Since then, there's been a bit of action. And it was even a bit of action before that Jason Quigley fought in the capital. In recent weeks, though, Jay Byrne has uh, promoted a show at the Red Cow with Luke Keeler headlining. And that looks like it's going to really take off next year. Small hall boxing in the capital and going around the country as well. Um, much needed. Uh, looks like a great atmosphere at those shows. It didn't make it along to the first one. Um, I did make it along to the Elite Senior Championship Finals there at the weekend. We've more on that coming up in this show. We're going to feature a long end. We're going to feature plenty of thoughts, plenty of insight, and plenty of reaction in this show. Uh, I found it was a marathon, Simon. That that show, twenty fights or nineteen fights. You know what I mean? They've changed senior finals formats in the last few years. I know you were there last year. I find it a long, long day, especially particularly to report on. It's a lot of finals to try and get into one newspaper report. There's no time between bouts. It's just in, out, in, out, in, out. No razzmatazz, no, no funny business, just fight after fight after fight, which can be great. You know what I mean? Like you go along, you pay your money, you get your value for money. And some of the, some of the caliber of the contest was top class. <clears throat> but from an entertainment spectacle, I think, I think it could do a lot, an awful lot more, the IBA. Yeah, I mean, I, I only went to the semi-final earlier this year, uh, back in, was it February or January or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, January, yeah. I remember chatting to you about um, eight or nine fights in, you know, you're kind of like, this is great, but it's also, you know, my head hurts. <laughs> watching, I try to keep up and watching so much. And I wasn't reporting that night, so it was just, it was kind of there as a fan, but it was still a bit of a slog, you know, it just, just felt like fight after fight after fight. I can understand the, the semis because you're looking at, you know, you're looking at two fights per weight division, you know what I mean? So you got double the number of fights and that's, that should be okay. Maybe the semifinals are for the winning. But to get to the finals, I remember like uh, we'll, we'll be speaking later on in the show to uh, John Joe Joyce and Eric Donovan. Those guys were kind of in their prime when I started going to finals nights, maybe 15 or 16 years ago. And it was a special spectacle, Irish uh, finals night. And we looked at the FAI Cup final at the weekend and everything that went into it. It wasn't just about the action on the pitch. It was about the build-up. It was about letting everybody know that the most special event in the Irish uh, football calendar is here and it's worthy of all this coverage. I found that the elites this year 
came around so quickly. There was very, very few media there. Did they know about it? Had it been flagged? I'm not sure. And then when you do go, there was no sense of like you saw the pyro at the uh, the Aviva. You saw you saw um actually unfortunately the TVOs were destroyed and all by a uh, fire fire safety secure you know safety conscious people. But it seems like the fans were devastated after the effort that went in. But that's that's a side that's a side thing. But anyway, the fans that were there created a massive sense of occasion, color, and the the final looked amazing. I would have loved to have I'd love to have gone to it. And you know the corresponding thing in Irish boxing is is finals night. You know it's it's massive, and the boxers used to do their you know they used to have their walk in tunes, and the the light show and the the smoke and you know what I mean the the fans would be going absolutely mental for their for their big night. And uh, there was none of that this year. Felt like a friend of ours was there, and he felt like it was a boy one final, you know, or a youth's final. Just bang, 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 fight after fight. I'll talk about that a little bit more in our feature interview with Alan Donlan. A uh, brilliant pundit, brilliant boxing insider. And he was there at finals night. I caught him just as we were going out the door. Maybe apologies for some of the sound quality on that one because you can hear the hustle and bustle of the stadium. Uh, so, Simon, you're nodding your head. The, the sound quality is going to be great, says you. <laughs> no, no, it was like you, you, sometimes you need a bit of uh, uh, on the spot uh, interviewing to, to give a sense of occasion. So I've actually yeah, that, the, the, final, the sound quality for this one. The final fight of the night had just been on, you know, um, a Ukrainian uh, who fled the war from Mariupol had just won the cruiserweight title, you know, and uh, he beat the guy who beat his twin brother last week. It's crazy stuff. Like, you know, what? A, so there's so many storylines, you know, uh, from elite finals night, but I just felt it didn't have the same, the same hook. As well, you, you said there, there are people, I didn't know it was on. I didn't know it was on until the week, the week leading up to it. And I wasn't even sure. I thought it was an under 22 thing. I wasn't actually sure that it was the actual elite finals, you know? Well, and I, I'm not saying I'm the most, um, you know, boxing news up to date guy but I would know if it was on because I was there last year but I'm, surprised, I'm just surprised that I didn't see or hear out about it really until the maybe a couple of days beforehand there there used to be for finals night there used to be about I'd say 20 media members there maybe 15 this year you could have counted them on one hand and it was it was, it was peculiar because some of the quality of the fights was you know was was, fa- was fantastic and this is an Olympic year as well this is a pivotal Irish finals night this one like the most important Irish finals night is the one that comes before Olympic year to decide the final qualifier places. And like often, I think one fight fell through, so it was 19 finals, I think. Um, eight of them were at live weights, you know, weights that boxers had not yet qualified for the Olympics where slots were maybe going for world qualifiers that take place next year at the, at the end of uh, February. So like elite, nearly half of the action was was live and Olympic focused. And then in other weights, you had Ke- Kelly Harrington and Michaela Walsh, you know, out to make history, win their, 11 fo- win their 11 titles. You know, so there was a lot on the line, a lot riding on it. And I, I, I lot- only heard this today from somebody else. Who, was it true that Zorantia received some sort of award? He received, an, I think, a President's Award on the, on the uh, same night. So congratulations to him. What a, what a legacy he'll have left in Irish boxing. Uh, we saw him there you know, d- d- heading around his tie, in his suit and tie. And I didn't know... Um, about the awards function that was on on the same night and uh, someone said doesn't he look very snazzy for finals night and I said yeah because he was he was far more dressed up than everybody else well I think that says a lot about it um, mm. well, you know where do we go we can just uh, uh, the, the, small, small, promote Irish boxing better small complaints yeah small complaints like I mean the ta- there's great talent there um, so, some would say there's not enough talent there and, and some would say it's fantastic it's flowing and I'm not really sure 
where the answer lies, but like there was definitely some really compelling fights. And it was a great night. And I don't want to like I, I start off the interview with, with Alan in slightly a negative tone as well, but I was just kind of a bit taken aback how how this has fallen as a showpiece event. Because especially now in the aftermath, looking at the way the FAI Cup final has just grown into this massive thing and it, they sold out the Aviva Stadium. Whereas yeah, yeah, to be fair, the FAI Cup final has grown in spite of the FAI, not because of the FAI. So in similar yeah. ways. You're right. Yeah. If you're if you were despondent on the night and you're despondent a couple of days later, you know there's something up, you know. But like the, just the, the fact that the showpiece event has grown for whatever reason, and I do credit like the volunteers and the the ultras around the country and stuff like that. Maybe boxing doesn't have that same sort of fandom. You've got families, friends that promote the boxing events. But I think there was like eleven of of the new 22, 22 uh, champions crowned from top to bottom, male and female. I think possibly eleven of them were first timers. You know, so. Usually that creates a buzz that brings a lot of people into the stadium. Then the rivalries, the Gabriel Dawson's against uh, Keelan Cassidy's, Jude Gallagher against Adam Hessian. That's the sort of thing that brings people through the door. Grania Walsh against Christina Desmond. But it just felt a little bit flat on the on the event, on the event scale. But sporting-wise, there was still, you know, some top-class contests and stuff like that. I can't complain about any of that. Um, but yeah, it, like Simon, we were saying at the start, it is a very busy time for Irish boxing. I was at the seniors. We'll talk about that in the upcoming schedule. Now you've got Joe Ward, uh, someone we think of when we think of the great nights at the National Stadium and the Elite Finals nights. We think of his his trilogy with Kennedy and like oh, hairs on the back of the next stuff. He's fighting back in Ireland for the first time since he since he left the amateur scene. He's he's up in uh, Letter Kenny this Saturday night. First show in Letter Kenny since Paul McCluskey against Barry Morrison back in 2010. Joe's fighting a guy called Prince Oko Marty of uh, of Ghana, an eleven and one guy. One lost to Germany's James Kraft, the baby boy, back in twenty nineteen. Joe obviously lost on his debut. He but not really a loss. He dislocated his knee. Dislocated his knee and looked like his career could be over before it even began. But he, he's picked up with nine wins in a row. Started to call out some of the bigger names in Britain, and. Uh, yeah, he needs you know needs an impressive win here, I think, and uh, needs needs big fights, needs some big fights and big names. Is Boazzi, is, is that in his is in his future? He's called for Boazzi, yeah, Dan Aziz and uh, these other guys, and he can he can you know we saw from Joe's amateur career that he can hang with anyone. A lot of top amateurs do struggle to make it in the professional game, and Joe has a brilliant amateur style. But we're gonna we're like we're gonna see if it can translate to the professional ranks. One thing Joe's not short of is talent or confidence. And uh, the man is brimming with both of those. So hopefully he brings a big, big crowd to um, Letter Kenny. There's another fight that would, uh, sounds quite exciting to me. James McGivern versus Josh Sanford for the BUI Celtic lightweight title. McGivern brings a 7-0 record and Sanford brings a 6-0 record. So someone's O is going to go. Um, I think that's an intriguing fight. Uh, he's a he's a pretty talented guy, McGivern. We had a Jason Quigley on the show in recent weeks. Uh, check out the podcast. It was called The Gloves Are Off for more on that. Jason Quigley's instrumental in behind the scenes operations for Elite Share Promotions. There And they're the ones putting on this card. So Jason kind of talks about his transition from boxer to kind of manager, promoter. Boxing's like, bad boy. Gives, gives a holds up there. Let's the near slide, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, um, <laughs> you know, while still maintaining his status as, as, an, as an active boxer. But uh, on the undercard of that, you've got like Liam Walsh, Paddy Walsh, the brothers. Craig O'Brien, Kane Lewis, local local guy Danny Boyle, Tyler Jolly, not Tyler Toland as I mistakenly referred to him as uh, when I had Quigley on the line. Jason Myers also on the card. So that's a busy one. And then I suppose all roads lead to the three arena the following week though. I've got a ticket this time. 
You're in the door. Yeah, I think tickets are easier to come by this time and not quite as pricey either. Uh, no, no, I had to go through the, the, the match room pre, pre-sale and they were, I was trying to get two, I could only get one. So, um, really? Yeah, maybe, maybe some of them come up, but at the time when I was booking in, now it was no dice. And then the next day, the only tickets left were the ringside ones for a grand. From what so, I hear, tickets are plentiful enough. Like a lot of the boxers got their allocations and haven't sold them all. And oh, maybe that tickets, was it, there yeah. And I think, I think tickets have been reduced in price as well, which suggests this event is not selling quite as well as the first. And why would it? I suppose had Katie Taylor won the first one, I could imagine it would. But, you know, you come to a loss, you're going to lose a lot of the Fairweather fans, aren't you? you first loss of your career. Hyped yeah, that's what I mean. I didn't, I didn't realize that. My, but I, I just kind of bought my ticket and I was happy and just kind of parked it there. I didn't realize there was um, a few knocking around. Yeah, so I believe. But yeah, the big one, Katie Taylor versus Chantel Cameron too. Up at light welterweight again, one division above Katie's kind of optimum weight. Cameron's coming in saying she's spiteful, powerful, ready to do damage. A lot of the people I've spoken to around the stadium are picking Cameron to do it again. I think it, I haven't heard much faith that Taylor can reverse the uh, can reverse the decision. She says she's inspired by the doubters in classic Irish GA style. I know Katie's a soccer graduate, but it's the doubters that are driving her on. That's uh, and you know, stranger things have happened. Katie Taylor is such an intelligent boxer. I'd say she's quite good in a rematch. Brilliant in a rematch against Delphine Pursuit. She righted the wrongs and uh, was much much a clearer vic- a much clearer victor in the rematch. I found out, which I had the, the first one to draw. I thought she was I thought she won the second one quite clearly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The first one I had to draw in the second one uh, was a schooling. Um, Kate didn't look at like Chantel's a, is a as on the same level as Taylor. You know, they, they, they've caught all the girls, women have caught up with Katie now. You know, they're all training the same way she is. They're all in. Um, sparring with the lads, so she's not an outlier anymore. You know, um, did am I right? Did she have a calf injury or a leg injury? Because she didn't just didn't look herself, or was there rumours that? Or am I just imagining that from the first going into the Rumor, first? Rumour that in the previous ones. Um, I missed the press call for Taylor this one, so didn't get the chance to quiz her on injuries. But she said she wasn't right. She wasn't. Um, she wasn't herself. She didn't look herself for the, for the Cameron fight, and yeah. there was. You know, there's been allusions to the fact that maybe she did too much media. There was some, you know, some out of the ring stuff. And obviously the emotional heft of the homecoming fight, you know, that was going to take its toll. And I, I found she dilly-dallied on the the, uh, the ring walk quite a long time. You know, I don't know what the song was. I don't remember it. Didn't enjoy it. It was I'm like, when, when, when is this going to be over? It took too long. Um, walk to the ring, mean business next time. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be a bit of a difference. Can't, she's, in, she's, in, she's in first this time. Cameron's in second. Yeah, will any of it make it make a difference in the ring? Like Cameron's a bigger fighter, more aggressive, more physical. Um, can Taylor can Taylor back any of that up? Um, maybe she can. She's you know she's trained differently. Like I say, she's an intelligent fighter. She she um, I'm sure she's gonna have find ways to close the gap. Both of them have questioned the other's power. Katie says she'd never hurt me at all. She doesn't have power. And um, yeah, Cameron says, listen, she's hit me with her best. It's no no problem to me. I can walk through. I can land one easy. I can take one. Easily to land another. So, uh, look, I think it's an intriguing. with your face is never the best defensive strategy, but sure, I think know. I think it's an intriguing fight. I'm 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 looking forward to the main event, but I don't think it's anything the fans were really shouting for. It's just the fact that Taylor is such a proud warrior. She felt her first loss. She demanded to to run it back. You know what I mean? As the yeah. kids say, to run it back. Yeah, funnily enough, I was listening to some quotes, and I I, I think Cameron deserved to win the first fight. I don't think Taylor was herself. I think there's a bit of if Taylor is 100 fit, it's going to be a far closer fight. Uh, but it was something Cameron said, which uh, kind of not annoyed me, but I, just, I found it interesting. She said, "This rematch with Katie has, has held her career back," and I find that uh, yeah, 
I'd love to, I wasn't there at the press day, but I'd love to ask, in what way did it hold your career back? If, if you weren't fighting Katie, what, what would you be doing? And who would you, where would you be selling out? And who would you be fighting? Yeah, exactly. She'd be, uh, she'd be on under, undercards over in Abu Dhabi or whatever. She wants a homecoming in Northampton. Don't think she's a big draw for it. Even just checked out her Twitter following there today for different piece I was doing. Um, 22,000 followers on Twitter. T- Taylor has 244,000. Uh, I haven't checked Instagram, but I'd imagine the disparity is similar as well. Taylor is by far, again, the biggest name. I understand why, why Cameron you know, is it resents that slight. So she has to go into the lines then again. She has to be quizzed by the Irish journalists and all that sort of stuff and put up with the Irish fans heckling and going for it. But I, I found she was treated quite respectfully last time. I think she just oh, wants to be... We were she wants to be in Dundrum and there was no... I don't think any even booed her. She, she wants to be Taylor, doesn't she? She wants to be her. She wants to have that status. And like, think probably thinks like in the old-fashioned way in, in boxing, you beat the guy, you become the guy. But that's just not the way it works. Like, you know, She's beaten her. She could beat her twice, but she still won't have the popularity, the enduring popularity that Katie Taylor has earned. And it just won't happen. And, you know, she she is respected in the fight game, but I understand how she resents. Oh, I do. Having, no, that's not for a second. I think there is also, she said she wants to go after Taylor's uh, belts at 135. So she wants to, so she's already won, you know, won titles at the uh, light welterweight. She's, she's, undisputed at like welterweight she wants to chase taylor's weights taylor's belts at 135 to become consecutive you know to become two-time uh undisputed champion at the same time you know what i mean like a champ champ but taylor hasn't given her that opportunity so she's making her go over all ground which she feels that she's already won that's uh, I, I can understand that too she wants to move on no, no, from it was, just, it was just it was more the fact that uh, she said katie was holding her career back and i just i found that um, <laughs> yeah it's the highest profile fight she's she's going to be in, and after these yeah. are over, she'll look back in it one day and go, "Wow, that was." I don't think she headlines Madison Square Garden with Serrano and sells it. You know, I don't think she headlines wherever and Delphine Pursuing and sells it, sells it, sells it out. Uh, is it McCaskill or Brackett? You know, I just don't see it. You know, so that was all. Just like probably not. Yeah, doesn't make her any less of a fighter, but you know, no, there's a, there's, a, there's a charisma that uh, is necessary in order to be a massive draw, and only very few fighters have it. It comes in different shapes and sizes. You know, Tyson Fury has his, Conor McGregor has his, Floyd Mayweather has his, and Katie Taylor has his. It's, it's, it's you know? different. It's different. And not everybody has it, you know. And some people you think have it. And it doesn't translate. Like even Tyson Fury, for the first 10 years of his career, it did not translate. It took so much bullshit in his career for it to, for him to he had to knock people over the head for it to really come through. But anyway, look, we've, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting card. I haven't heard anyone really raving about it, jumping up and down about it. But if you look through it, there are some interesting contests on it. Paddy Donovan versus Danny Ball should be an interesting contest. It's you know it's good. It's going to be good to see uh, Paddy Donovan ramped up with a bit of pressure. Uh, more difficult test. Danny Ball is going to give him that. Gary Cully, um, as we saw, was was being prepared last last time on the Taylor Cameron f- card to be anointed as the next Irish headliner. Really, effectively, he was signed with Matthew undefeated. Talked about in the same breath as the great lightweights of our time, like the, you know, the the Gervonta Davises and the Teofimo Lopez, all these boys. You know, he's mentioned, well, Lopez moved up, obviously, but, you know, he was mentioned in the in the same vein as the Ryan Garcias and all these names. And then he got beaten uh, by that by that tough little Mexican. Mexican. So he he's changed camps, moved to Liverpool to new coach, and he's fighting Reese Mould, who's only losses to Lee Wood, you know, at a decent level. So that should be an interesting fight as well. There's a female fight. Sky Nicholson versus Lucy Wildhart. Uh, two Irish derbies. Uh, we've got um, John Cooney versus Liam Gaynor for the British Boxing Border Control Celtic featherweight title. And then for the BUI Celtic light heavyweight title, 
Uh, two former guests on the show. We've got Emmett Brennan. Check out his episode last week with, with his manager, Darren Barker. No regrets. And uh, versus Jamie Morrissey from Limerick, who joined us earlier in the year to really lift the lid on his uh, his battle with OCD and his his rise in the in the sport. So Looking forward to that one. Yeah, I think that, that should be a good and I really hope they elevated up the card but it looks like it's going to be on plenty early so if, you, if you're going along to the fight if you're lucky enough to get tickets this time you know, like yourself That was a low blow say, That was a low blow <laughs> That fight should be on <laughs> the know, point. <laughs> That fight will be on early enough I would say and uh, you know, you're going to miss it if you're having dinner and a few jars beforehand so get Never, ready to check never I mentioned with Thomas Carty as well he's on the card too against Dan Garber uh, who's 5-1 five, five 38 year old from England so you know, Carty's Carty's moving on up and uh, brings the excitement. And he brought brought a great atmosphere last time for his fight with Jay McFarlane and a great and a good performance. You know, so looking forward yeah, well, to that. We're just waiting for him. Not, I'm not saying waiting for him to explode, but waiting for the aura around him to really kick on. You know, there's not many heavyweights, especially young heavyweights, coming through. Let alone in Europe, let alone in, Ar- in Ireland, let alone in Europe. You know, and uh, if he gets a good knockout win, you know, I think he could set himself up for a very, very good um, 2024. Yeah, a good twenty twenty four, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully it does bring up the um, the caliber of the opposition because there are opportunities of heavyweight. You see, like with the Saudis investing absolutely massive money in heavyweight boxing, I think all is going to be revealed in the next week or two, just how much you know money is going to be invested. But that's going to finish off some. That's going to you know start some careers, but it's going to finish some careers as well. And if Carty can get five or six fights in his next year, you know, a couple more in the ne- in the year after that, like who knows where he's going to end up at that stage. So. Stay in the game, keep winning, keep entertaining. And uh, that's the business. The following week, it's, it's such a busy time, Simon. The following week, December the 2nd, up at the SSE, obviously, Arena. You've got uh, the return of Michael Conlon against Jordan Gill. Conlon, obviously, last time we saw him, gutting defeat to uh, Luis Alberto Lopez at the same venue. You know, knocked down the fifth round. Got in his second world title shot. Started well. He looked very good. Boxing well for the first good. round or two, but bringing a very physical approach, you know, maybe thought there's no point in trying to mess with this Mexican guy. I'm going to have to fight him as well as beat him, as well as outbox him. But that just became a little bit too much as the rounds went on. And uh, Lopez got on top, hurt him. And it was, you know, that was that. And it looks, you know, for some people, maybe that, that condom was finished. Um, I didn't think so. I didn't think so either. know him a long time. He's, um, he's very determined. Very, you think very the, Lee Wood, the, the Lee Wood rematches in the in the near future? I would have thought so. Matchroom are working with Conlon Boxing for this one. And uh, I would think he's going to get a fight with a Josh Warrington, a Lee Wood. Wait, like the, that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, getting getting a few lads around the same weight division and throwing them in against each other. And, you know, getting a series of fight after fight after fight, you know. And, uh, yeah, well, Warrington's imagine, been very vocal about wanting the, the Lee Wood rematch as well, so... Yeah, and, and what way it's going to, what way it's all going to peel, I'm not sure, but... Um, like Gill's out since uh, he hasn't fought for since October of last year, stopped by Kiko Martinez. I think Gill and uh, Conlon have sparred before in the past, plenty of rounds, and uh, it's I'd say it's safe matchmaking, but it should be entertaining as well. Gill's fought at a quite a high level, should bring it, should be a good fight, and um, I think the best fight of the night isn't probably the main event, although I think the return of Conlon is going to definitely create plenty of intrigue. Oh, just by the way, if he does go back for a, a world title. One of my favorite stats, like he he'd be fighting for it for the for the third time, and if he was to win it in on his third time, fighting for the world title, he'd be uh, joining up with uh, Steve Collins, Dave Boy McCauley, and Deirdre Gogarty, all former guests on the Rocky Road. 
multiple times. Uh, alumni, alumni. Yeah, alumni. Uh, but in winning the world title at the third attempt, I put that question to Michael Conlon before he fought uh, Lopez. I said, nah, I'm not even thinking about that. That would mean I'd have to lose to go again. But we kind of felt bad for throwing it into his head. But nevertheless, that's what he's... It's all your fault, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. I was blame. just talking there last week. He said it was all your fault. Yeah, I take the blame. But no, that's what that's what he's looking for now, you know, and... Sometimes you just got to wait for the time to be right. I think it's all about the undercard, though, for this one. Um, because mainly because I expect Condon will win and look good doing so under a new trainer, by the way. But uh, yeah, I mean, the intrigue of a, of a Belfast derby here between Tyrone McKenna, Lewis Crocker, that one is, uh, looks like an unmissable fight. You know, Crocker from Sandy Row, Tyrone from West Belfast, it's going to split the fans. Um, but I, I, I like, yeah, I know people are. So, you know, in our little group at the elites there, we were talking about, um, we we're bringing over a few box of trainers. Who do you think is going to win this? And there was differing opinions. You know what I mean? The experience of Tyrone McKenna, he trains out of Dublin. He's a hustler, McKenna. You know, he can he can find ways to win. He can outwork him. But uh, Crocker's got the punch, got the power. Has it been exaggerated? You know what I mean? He's been spoken, he's been spoke up as a massive puncher for many years. But his, his knockout, his pure knockouts have... Uh, have dried up. However, one thing he's got in his favor is uh, he's finally a bit active. I couldn't believe it looking at his box right there. Um, this is going to be Cro- Crocker's fourth fight of the year. Like that's far more active than he's been probably since the amateurs. I can't believe that like, he's having his fourth fight of the year. So that's a good, that's a good sign for Crocker backers going into the fight. He's actually a massive favorite with the, well, a massive favorite. He's a good favorite with the under, with the uh, bookies. He's three to one on. So you can get a, you can get McKenna at better than two to one. But McKenna, you know, he's moved in, Higher circles, he's you know fought you know did well against Regis Progre. Obviously, you know lost that fight uh, last year, last March, or was it? Yeah, it was March or April. But um, he's moved at he's moved at a higher caliber, mixing a higher circle, and uh, like Crocker is going to need to put in a big performance to to handle him. That's that's a fight I'm really looking forward to. Then there's uh, Quivina Garco against Troy Williamson. Williamson actually comes across as a slight favorite with the bookies on this one. I don't like quoting bookies odds on it too much, but it's just you don't you don't you don't do it often to be fair. So no, far. we we you know, and it's it's not exactly the greatest way to read a fight either, but it's it's an interesting kind of one as well. And the the odds have just dropped, so I'm just curious about them. Williamson, uh, four to five, you can get a Garco at, at even, so it just shows how close this fight is. A Garco obviously unbeaten. Didn't necessarily shine on the Katie Taylor bill, I think uh, it would be fair to say. And he's had his differences with Eddie Hearn, who's going to nearly accuse him of not wanting to take the hardest fights and stuff like that. Um, but he's taken it. He's taken Troy Williamson. This fight has been, you know, discussed for an awful long time. And I'm very glad it's happening. It's, it's a chance for Agiarco uh, to really show his pedigree, sh- you know, chance to shine. And uh, his fellow Belfast man, then Sean McComb was in tough against Sam Maxwell. Perhaps it's good match. Perhaps it's good matchmaking because Maxwell comes in uh, with, you know, stopped in two of his last three contests, albeit against the likes of like Dalton Smith. You know, that's the higher, higher level than I think we're talking here. McCombe McCom- has all the skill in the world, but might not have the durability. I'm not sure. We'll see. He's unbeaten since 2021 when he got stopped by Gavin Gwynn. He's got six wins in a row since then. Um, has he got designs on winning the world title or is he trying to feed his family? You know, it's this is boxing. We'll find out on the night. Maxwell's a good fighter. And I think these guys have done an awful lot of rounds together as a, in different gyms before as sparring partners. I think they know each other really well. Both of them, I'm sure, will be confident. And uh, it could be another interesting night. Like, that's a cracking undercard. That's three really good, almost 50-50 fights on the undercard. 
you don't get that yeah, too that's often. Want, and that's what you want. And I think that's probably what we want on the on the Katie Taylor versus Cameron show a little bit. Like, but the you know, the Belfast presence has, has really brought up the SSE and Dublin just doesn't have that at the minute. Uh, the week before Dublin doesn't have it. You're looking at uh, Paddy Donovan from Limerick, Gary Cully from Kildare, where he has a you know a good Dublin support. Emma Brennan, well down the card, and Thomas Carty, who's probably going to be on quite early as well. So not quite the same, um, not quite the same level up. But they'll, you know, they'll get their Carty and Brennan obviously closer to the start of their careers than the likes of McKenna, Agiarko, who are smack in the middle of it, of theirs. True, true. But it could also be that uh, because Belfast has kind of had pro boxing shows for the last five, six, seven, eight, nine years, where maybe maybe Dublin was catching up a little bit. We don't, we yeah. don't, we don't delve into that one too much. But Absolutely, say, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Dublin does have newcomers coming through especially like another alumni well like we uh we had Pierce O'Leary on a few weeks ago and you'd you'd imagine that he he'll be able to do some headliner headline shows Kieran Bradley's well. back winning as well Kieran Bradley picked up a win there last week yeah on the Eubank show as well and like I mean Callum Walsh uh and Fergal McCrory both Victoria alumni again like what the and Tiernan who, who hasn't been on this show yeah stop stop <laughs> yeah but um all victorious on foreign shores there like in the last week or so so you know they uh they keep winning uh, we'll, we're going to crack over though to our elite show I think so I'm bring, bring in Alan Donlan uh, I always like speaking to Alan about boxing last time I met him was um, in a forecourt of a garage on the way home from Conlon against Lopez you are saying in the forecourt <laughs> in the forecourt yeah, that's the other way that's the other half of boxing but um, we go into it in that part of the show as well but um, no in the forecourt of a petrol station on the way home from Conlon against Lopez you know just getting a coffee two or three in the morning and uh, who do I see but Alan and great chat about boxing and always a good man to speak about boxing he's done his punditry he fought as, an, he fought as a professional I think between as well 2010 and 2016 as well Alan you know had nine wins three losses never really admits that he's retired so maybe he fancies another shot another shot in the boxing gloves but he's well connected in, in boxing and every time I speak to him I'm, I'm like wow this guy knows an awful lot more, more about the sport than I do so I'm always just impressed and sit back so I met him on the way out of the uh, elite senior finals, and look, we're gonna we're gonna cut over to that chat there now. Right, look, we're gonna reflect on the uh, national elite boxing championships, which just come to a close here at the national stadium in Dublin. Uh, a successful night, Alan. I thought it was quite entertaining. Um, the new format, I'm not sure it works well. And I think there's too many fights on. Uh, there are too many fights on. Uh, I was fortunate enough here to be have a very good seat here ringside, and uh, my wife is me. She's a two-time national champion herself, and she just remarks that she preferred the previous kind of versions of the elites. Um, but at the same time, fantastic, fantastic atmosphere and fantastic bouts all night. Yeah, the atmosphere was great, and uh, there was some really standout bouts. I think the standout bout for me was uh, the men's light heavyweight decider, Keelan Cassidy, a two-time champion against uh, Gabriel Dawson, a two-time champion at middleweight, and uh, of course a European champion coming back after a, like a, a ban. Effectively, finally got to to see who's the best out of the both of them, or maybe maybe we don't know who's the best. Maybe we could watch these guys. I'd watch these guys fight ten times. It's funny that there's still a little bit of ambiguity there because for me tonight, being a Gawler man, it's difficult to say, but I felt that um, Cassidy was well on top. I think he was comfortable. I think he looked absolutely terrific. But at the same time, I had to say that Gabriel didn't quite look himself. Um, been really lucky that kind of, I think the first contest Gabriel had back after his layoff, um, I took over to Sweden and he boxed the, uh, a European medalist over there. Looked absolutely spectacular. He never hit that comfortable flow today. We have to remember, this is his first elite championships back in after 
what we can only call a sabbatical, an enforced sabbatical. But, um, you know, they both look fantastic. And I'll be honest, either of those guys you'd be very happy to see going forward as part of Team Ireland. Dawson looked enormous at 80 kilos. He looked very well built in the shoulders, looked taller. But um, I suppose he'd filled up, whereas Cassidy is fairly comfortable at 80 kilos now. Absolutely, that's for sure. We've seen his international form. Like He's on the brink of, an, of a breakthrough there. He's, I think he's come very close to winning medals on two occasions at the last tournament the European Games he, uh, he only lost to Kisniak you know who could have could have well been the Olympic champion at the last one so I mean go the distance with Kisniak is an achievement in and of itself the man is an absolute monster so that just shows the pedigree that Cassidy has and he's ever improving it's great I remember he went to the World Championships in uh, was it Serbia for Ireland and he was the only Irish boxer to win any fights it was which a new young team which is absolutely and he got incredible. to the quarterfinals and he was on the brink there as well so I think he's proven his worth I was looking forward to that fight all night and he I has. think he did deliver the I knockdown was, it was exciting wasn't it, it was it was very exciting and I was lucky enough that I was down in Dungarvan uh, last week got to be part of the coaching staff for Ireland versus England for the J1J2 senior cadets and the anticipation down there they couldn't wait to see Keelan they couldn't wait to see their boy from the sunny south south southeast and they were convinced he was going to do it he's back to the up tonight he's fantastic but the thing is I think Gabriel has a future in it too you know he's a supreme athlete he's a fantastic boxer but he's just getting started he's still very young yeah, but that's going to be a significant knock to his amateur dreams now making it to the Olympic Games like he's he's not going to be sitting in the number one spot now at 80 kilos absolutely uh, but that's been cemented now by Cassidy who injury apart from any injuries he's going to be going to the world qualifier as Ireland's number one and, and, deser- and, deservedly, so. Deservedly, and so. deservedly so and I suppose if he progresses he wins his Olympic place if he doesn't maybe they might find a way there's maybe a chink of life for Dawson if he, he might get to the second world qualifier which I believe takes place in uh, t- uh, Thailand next year absolutely but maybe you know, there's still hope for but the thing is we'll see you know he's going to be there and he's a supreme athlete so I hope that he just kind of keeps the nose to the grind zone and keeps working because he will get his second chance but you know his dream has been knocked tonight but when we're talking about dreams being knocked poor Christina Desmond has her taken today but again by the giant killer Gronje Walsh this is the second time second elite in a row she's come in as probably not the favourite against the favourite and just knocked them off their pedestal so it's what a, what a win again tonight I think Walsh had lost on two occasions to Desmond in the elites possibly finals maybe one was a semi but yeah. she'd lost uh, she'd lost two so she had to turn it around and uh, she's done so she's had a good year her, her win over Amy Broadhurst well that's well, it obviously, I, obviously I, wasn't I, a flash I, 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 I hate to highlight any Irish boxers losses but the win over Broadhurst was was a fantastic achievement and then to come in tonight and do it over Desmond again I mean she's really simplifying her place and proving her worth what do you think is the story there at uh, women's welterweight because obviously we've seen Amy Broadhurst I think she pulled out of this tournament with an injury Lisa O'Rourke was you know looking Le- to take in- injured part. well in- in- legitimately broken hand I mean yeah. it, outside of the men's 57 it's probably the most stacked division in Irish boxing female 66 yeah. so realistically I think that Gronje deserves a shot right now but again like you said if there's a second qualifier um, I think you, you, think, could, you, you could see round Robin again you think Gronje will go to Italy uh, and Broadhurst I think she's Lisa O'Rourke, O'Rourke around the sidelines she's won two Irish elites in one year yeah. and it's hard to argue with that and I know that in an awful lot of the clubs people are looking at it and thinking okay the best way we pick a team is we pick the champion whoever wins the thing should go on and represent the country and I think she's she earned that's been a classic row in Irish boxing hasn't it for years like does does the champion go or does the assessment of the high performance you know take precedence and we've seen that happen there's another fight that took place the, the women's best boxer was Jennifer Lahan tonight she beat yeah. uh, she beat Neve Faye in the uh, the, ban- the, and, and, the and, bantamweight and the bantamweight decider, yeah. decider and poor 
my wife sitting here beside me having a look like she might go back to it again but no it's um, Neve had a very frustrating year because like she said she felt she earned her shot she didn't get her shot and now tonight unfortunately she came short I thought the hand was fantastic so it's very frustrating but we have to look at the positives and the positive is the depth we have in Irish boxing is absolutely unbelievable at 57 kilos there's so many guys going home disappointed but any one of those guys would be happy to have on an Irish team the same with the female 66 um, you know at, at males 81 if you were picking an international team and you were given either Dawson or Cassidy they're not bad choices yeah. to have so the depth we have is fantastic and I feel that like we're we're in kind of a, a very much harvesting time now where hopefully our best will go forward yeah. and strips into well you, like you did see some of the some of the weight divisions were stacked with quality this year stacked. 57 kilos for men in particular you saw the very first night yeah, I think you had Dylan Eagleson Absolutely, the bantamweight yeah. champion against Paul Loonham the featherweight champion yeah. then waiting in the wings was Davey Joyce the lightweight Davey champion Davey Joyce is there he's Joe Gallagher the featherweight commonwealth champion so there's so much quality and a there. man who deserves his mention and didn't actually feature in these elites he was injured first of all but probably had to withdraw with Patrick Adamus won a world university gold medal the first ever Irishman to do so and he's been an elite champion I believe twice before um, the last one was over Christie's yeah. Piso Port Leash wasn't it fantastic we've Paul Griffin trains him a lot and rates Paddy really highly as well and we've seen well, Paddy Paul Griffin rates you yeah. I mean my goodness um, he's, yeah, he's a terrific fighter and you know he's there but again it's just an unbelievable 57 kilos have to have my sympathy for my man Adam Hessian too it's kind of a bit heartbreaking to see him go out like that again it's, I think that was the rubber match with Jude that was the third fight they had wasn't yeah, it they, they won, won, all, won all going into tonight so yeah. I mean but look that was, that was such a close fight what do you think was it tonight that won the contest for Jude Gallagher because I thought Hessian performed remarkably last night uh, he eliminated Davy Joyce last Davey Joyce night. in a very yeah. tight fight I think Joyce's team felt they should have won it I think Hessian's team would be very comfortable well, well, with the, saying, the funniest thing I think, I think the man for the future in terms of Irish Olympic aspirations is Dylan Eagleson he's absolutely a phenom and I was so shocked and so impressed when I saw um, the performance last night Gallagher just looked so good really kind of I don't want to say dismantle it's a rude thing to say and I don't want to say that with an Irish fighter but uh, he looks absolutely just you know immense maybe there's a sense of like Eagleson wasn't entered into uh, the featherweight division in the first championships this year because they felt he was too small they felt he, he wasn't developed enough yeah. as a man as a you know he was coming up from bantamweight he said no it's not good for his development we'll keep him down and we'll go later and, and, they, and then he comes and in his first contest he goes in against Paul Luna and with all due respect you know has a dominant performance over Lunum. I mean I I thought that Lunum was probably the number one C coming into this and then Eagleson to beat him for um and for Eagles to lose his next one I yeah. mean, very impressive so like Duke very Gallagher impressive. how impressive is it for him to come out on top uh, because like we say such a stacked division 57 kilos and Jude, Jude would have had his views see that you're getting your, you're getting your marching orders <laughs> <laughs> but um, like for, how impressive is it for Duke Gallagher to come out on top of that um, he would have had his backers but I think a lot of fighters would have had their backers in there anyone on Davy Joyce's team would have been confident saying he's going to rise to the top Eagleson has his fans I guess because of his such an impressive and another man who goes on the appreciate is Sean Purcell he's always been there for yeah. the last maybe 10 years in and out of that division I mean how impressive was it extremely impressive at the same time if we run it back and we do it again maybe early next year it could be Eagleson mm. we run it back again it could be Adamus and I would very much like to think that it could be Adam Hessian too it could go any way and I think that we're blessed to have that division and it's great to see the competition because they will improve them. they will improve one another 
going for internationally. I believe Hessian uh, took himself off, off to was it Armenia to train for this. Uh, he did. Crusades. The commitment that uh, Adam has is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, he comes from one of the boxing club and uh, Gus Farrell has been a pioneer of that club for the last 30 something years. But it's a country club. There's not an awful lot of sparring available. There's not an awful lot of 57 kilo boxers in Connacht. So what does Adam do? He goes above and beyond heads to Armenia for two weeks and spars nearly every day out there. Um, he's a great guy. He really deserves it. He came up short tonight but his day will come again. The only fear I would have, particularly with Adam, is I know there's professional interest in Adam. Uh, and of course, you look at the guy, he's got just a baby face, he's got a great education, he's well respected. He'd be the ideal guy to turn over a professional. You think, you, think, you think he's a candidate? Even at not the most glamorous weight division. Yeah. What about, uh, like, it's it's a tough night for Galway, I guess, if you look at Dawson and Hessian, both falling at the final hurdle. Do you, yeah. do you think there's a professional scene there waiting for Dawson as well? I think that Dawson will be, I mean, look, he's incredibly athletic. You know, I, I don't want to big him up too much, but he does remind me of kind of Roy Jones Jr., or such that level of athleticism. Uh, tonight's a massive disappointment for him and I think emotionally to recover this will be quite difficult but he's in a great camp uh, one of my old boxing clubs Olympic boxing club I know they'll kind of immerse him there as best they can and kind of uh, try and improve from it mm. so, uh, and he can he, he is so athletically gifted Ireland has five boxers so far qualified for the Olympic Games Kelly Harrington uh, and Michaela Walsh are two of them they made history tonight by winning their 11th Irish elite titles surpassing uh, Kenneth Egan who is quick to remind me he, yeah. won, he won his consecutively and uh, Jim O'Sullivan from Wexford who also won 10 um, how, how big of an achievement is it for uh, Michaela and for Kelly to stand back and watch it was absolutely just staggering you know and uh, you know, yeah, fair play to their, their opponents they came in and they really gave it their all but uh, Kelly looks to be on a completely other level um, the only person who compares to her is Katie it's simple as that the only person who compares to her particularly at the 6 kilos is Katie um, she looked so good but I mean we expect that of Kelly Harrington now. we expect that Michaela Walsh is kind of an unsung hero um, everybody in Irish boxing realises how good she is and I have a very large kind of friend group here on, on WhatsApp and all they were saying was okay how is Michaela looking how, how is she going to do all this and went in and again a technically point perfect performance mm. which is terrific but I think, I think I think Kelly's found a way to put it all together at world level obviously she's won Olympic gold European gold and world gold yeah. she, and, and various other colours as well of medals she's found a way to put it all together I think Michaela Walsh she's yet to get that elusive gold medal at that stage she's, she's yet to put everything she knows together but I think everybody expects that she's got that she's got that ability ability to do so pressure was off tonight absolutely no, um, more, no more than her brother like I said they had many very frustrating years but at the same time it seemed to be building and building and I just hope that it pays off for her because she deserves it and outside of everything she's a massive example and role model for females all around the country of how good technical and uh, I mean just all around athletic <laughs> female boxing can be you know yeah there's two more uh, Olympic qualified boxers who weren't in action tonight uh, Aoife O'Rourke I think Kira Ginty had to pull out of there middleweight decider and uh, Dean Clancy he st- he didn't enter at a light welterweight both Connacht boxers I mean Dean is probably understandable he's done the hard work and uh, he's at home in a full on training camp developing as, to be as best he can for um for the Olympics and I mean what a fantastic achievement for himself for Sean McDermott for his club for um, for the county it, it's huge I have to I say think, in his absence actually the, the uh, lightweight final that did take place was brilliant it was absolutely Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Dunhu that guy has really really deserved it um, he 
you know, he kind of, I won't say he came out of obscurity, but he was around there for a long time. He was very, very experienced. But the last couple of years, when he senior championship last year, he beat my boxer at the time, Darren O'Connor, in the semi-final. Went on to win the final quite comfortably against Anthony Melanalfi. Then this year, he comes forward and I think everyone thought, oh, that's nice. He's going for it. And he's after coming in and after justifiably winning the 63.5 division. Yeah, congratulations. I am, you know, I, I, I was like 74 hail, actually. I thought, yeah. he, I thought he could have nicked it tonight. And I think uh, in his fight with Dean Clancy in the first championships of the year, that was neck and neck as well. Clancy showed his class and probably earned the decision. But I thought Hale made that the, the cracking yeah. contest that yeah, it was as well. And he allowed Clancy to show his whole repertoire of skills as well. Yeah, and he's so, he's so good coming forward. He throws those lovely body shots well, and he's aggressive. As, as it transpires, that's another absolutely stacked division because a man who didn't feature in these elites was Brendan McCarthy. And a lot of people are saying that the best 63.5 in the country might be Brendan McCarthy. And, you know, obviously you've got Dean, Dean up there. Think about a stacked division. And again, guys, if they're allowed the opportunity to train and work together in high performance, how much do they bring on one another, elevate the level of the lightweight division? How many more Olympians do you think Ireland can qualify? There was obviously eight divisions tonight kind of up for grabs for Olympic spots going in the qualifiers next year. We had women's 50 kilos. That's Dana Morehouse. I think she's got a good chance of uh, progressing there. Uh, 50 for Jennifer Lehan. Hey, Gabriel. How are you? How are you? Good performance. Yeah. See that very gracious Gabriel Dawson to go over and speak to his, his elders, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so sure. yeah, so obviously women's welterweight we've discussed. And in men's, it was uh, flyweight. So we um, with Sean Murray there getting, uh, getting a win up. We, 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 actually, we actually skipped over Dana Morehouse just before we got Yeah. What a performance from what a boxer. She just impressed me year in, you know, she's got this compact style. I just love watching her. I think she's absolutely terrific. Um, her so fourth elite title in a row. Like she's very comfortable here. Uh, I think she, her first three were at different weights. Uh, so she went three Correct, in a row yeah. at different weights and she solidified her place there as the flyweight number one. And I think she's on the brink one, yeah. as well. Of uh, I, I hope she can qualify. I'd I love to see it. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Obviously, we, we've discussed Lehan. I think she performed well in her last major and she, she can get there. Lehan was exceptionally good. Back in, I think, 2019, before COVID ever reared its ugly head, we had um, a university open tournament down in Galway. And uh, Jenny went in. I can't even remember which one of my boxers you boxed, but I was like, wow, she's really good. And uh, she's just improved and improved ever since. At that time, I think that she was she's young. She's very young, so I didn't know whether she's going to go elite very quickly. But here she is, and she earned every bit of it there tonight. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I'm sure the Irish team hold out hope that she can qualify as well. Absolutely. So in the men's, we'll work through it. Um, the ones we haven't discussed yet. So you've Sean Murray at flyweight, won, his, won another title there tonight and against Ricky Nesbitt. You know, they've got a great rivalry yeah, and the two clubs are very successful. It was a tough night at the office. Well, I mean, uh, Rick, Ricky's family. an absolute stalwart, yeah. isn't he? He's absolutely, you know, he's a terrific guy. Um, unfortunately, I felt sorry for him, but how can you deny Sean Murray? Sean Murray also holds, I think, um, my favourite stoppage ever here in the National Stadium against the Santos last year. Yeah, um, and the I mean, body shot. The body shot. And he hit him with the left first of all, then he switched over, went on the right. Just just a terrific fighter. I love watching him box again. Similar to Dana Morehouse. I think he just needs that, like Dana Morehouse, he needs that international experience. That's He'll it. get there, but... Some experience in will, these, will these tournaments come too soon? I get, He's determined that they won't. And yeah. I think the, the the IBA do need to get them as much international experience in the coming months, and hopefully that can uh, that can happen. We have that issue, but like I said, uh, I was really fortunate myself to be added to the national coaches group there and get a couple of internationals there as an Irish coach. And 
you know, the emphasis is trying to get the internationals. We want to get the correct ones because at the same time, you can't really rush guys that were saying, okay, they need one step before they do go international. And next thing you just told them with the Sharks, we can't really do that. So um, we, like, I'm part of the... Yeah, <laughs> these are my decisions. But yeah, yeah. No, um, like I said, I, I think that we just need to kind of develop what I mean. Again, when you look at like the 63 division, like the 57 division, if they're sparring up to their training up to their week in, week out, they will develop and they will be international very shortly. Yeah. Dean Walsh is always a popular winner here and it's always like emotional scenes whenever Dean Walsh wins a national title. He, he did four in a row back in the day, um, had a couple of years out, extracurricular activities. Uh, he's back now, he's just won a second, uh, second Irish title in the space of whatever, 10 months and uh, I don't think he was nearly at his best in these championships, maybe. Well, I have I to, I, I have to be carrying an injury. I have to, I have to confess for well, first of all, Dean Walsh is a true fighter. We all respect him and I mean, he's technically one of the most gifted guys in the entire country. But on the other side of it, McKeever was there. I thought McKeever was maybe a bit unfortunate tonight, but he's a phenomenal fighter and he's definitely one for the future. But um, I spoke to, <laughs> I spoke to uh, the coach afterwards and I said, look, I said, it doesn't matter if it's controversial or not. They don't ask how, they ask how many. Yeah. And Dean again, he's, he's just banking him, isn't he? He's just yeah. absolutely terrific. I think one of his coaches made the point that he seems to get, well, not, not to rub the green, but he, he's come out on the right side of a few split decisions in Ireland. We remember those fights with Ray Moyle. You know, it seems like a long time ago now. Ray remembers. We <laughs> <laughs> seem to remember them and uh, he came out on the right side of a few split decisions. But he's been one of the Irish boxers who's, who's been most unlucky with split decisions uh, in European and, and he's, world He's been very unlucky internationally, but when it comes to nationally, I mean, the funny thing is, you're saying, oh, he got a few gift decisions and do you know what? Perhaps he did, perhaps he didn't. I, 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 wouldn't, call, I wouldn't call them gift but decisions. Uh, I mean, like, every, perhaps every he did, decision. Perhaps he but when he consistently, he's yeah. in finals every year, yeah, yeah. he's going to get some of them. And the thing is, consistently, every single year, he's always in the final. I think Dean's a great competitor. He'll die for the cause. He's highly skilled, obviously. He's technically, technically gifted. Brawn and balls. You know, and Dean, come, and he's always there. To come know? back from a layoff like that and produce yeah. the technical performance he had this year. I think he puts himself out there, Dean Walsh, and, you know, respect to his achievements as well. And I hope, I think he's, he, he was telling me he's he's had this kind of injury in his his backside really and yeah, a, a yeah, nose yeah. injury as well so if he can recover have a good Christmas and get into the uh, it'd be great a great story to see him make it to the Olympics you know like uh, Uncle Billy did as absolutely well. yeah did, did you watch think of the men's uh, super heavyweight contest of Galway Stock I might say um, I thought it was fantastic we have to remember that it was only a couple of years ago Mark McDonough was boxing in the novice championship uh, came up he went to the seniors the only reason he went to the national seniors formerly intermediates was because he couldn't get enough sparring he couldn't get enough sparring so he went to the, uh, the senior intermediates he won those out he's training consistently with the Irish high performance system and he comes in here and put on a really nice display of boxing um, I thought that the Georgian opponent I won't attempt that surname right now but, uh, you're going to give it a go <laughs> I actually have it written in phonetically here somewhere but anyway look that's uh, we'll learn of the next championships because yeah, yeah. he's going to be there and thereabouts he's a very big strong man I thought only for maybe the engine let him down but outside of that he was he was there and thereabouts too you know Sorry, Ashvili. There we go. Fair play. It's, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> do you think, uh, like, obviously, your your little bit of insight into the Irish team set up now at the minute? Do I have very little insight. Do you insight think? Now. Do you <laughs> think that McDonough will be called up to send to the qualifier? Difficult to know, but I mean, again, if I go on the same principle that I was hoping for earlier that the champion goes forward, um, you'd hope so. But at the same time, he's a young guy. You know, he will be around for the next Olympics. So maybe they'll try and keep their powder dry and develop him. I'm not certain, but. Um, He's roast every challenge that's been put in front of him. 
Yeah, I'd be definitely in favour of. I know it's boxing's a dangerous game, isn't it? And you don't want to put in a guy and then get them hurt on the on the st- on the stage that they're not ready for. It's all about levels and stuff. But, but well, I guess if a, you're, a, of course you want them to go. You need to write about somebody. Yeah, <laughs> you want to see them going over. Like we saw Jack Marley as well. He was. I wouldn't say they were slow to let him off the leash, but there was one or two occasions when he was breaking through where the, the reins were pulled on him. Probably rightly so because of the way he's developed. He looked very good against and he's obviously going to the Olympic Games. Well, you know what? European he, silver medal. You know what? Um, he, he did fantastic and um, I'm going to be a little bit hesitant here because his opponent, I keep mixing up what he's, what his brother's name. Um, which one of the guys did he box? Wayne. Wayne. He boxed Wayne. I thought Wayne deserved massive credit. He had a battle last night with Eamon Tyke from Malacaro. And Eamon is a tough, tough fight for anybody. And it was, it was really, really tough and close. He came in and he gave it absolutely everything. I think maybe Marley was, like I said, on the leash. He was boxing within himself at the start of the first round. Second round, he showed glimpses of brilliance. And the third round, um, it was kind of anybody's. They both really went for it. And I think he deserved it. Um, but I think he can go up a level. If you could do anything to change finals night, maybe to like I I I feel like it didn't really bed in with. The, I, I feel like a lot of the public wouldn't have really known it was on. Maybe you need to be interested in boxing to know. Yeah, I feel well, this one didn't really. Well, the funny thing is, there was a really impact. nice atmosphere, but at the same yeah. time, we probably oh, to estimate it was probably three quarters full. Um, so. When you think back of the second Joe Ward versus Kenny Egan final, and it was absolutely heaving at the rafters, um, you know, I could see you from across the room, but I couldn't get over as far as there. I mean, the halls were full, yeah, absolutely yeah. unbelievable. You know, it was standing room only, as Pete always says, and uh, that's what you kind of want to see. That's what the sport deserves, what the athletes deserve. But I suppose that can't be every time either, particularly when you've got two leads in one year. Yeah. Um, so I was speaking to someone from the IBA who was saying, I was kind of commenting, I think, I, like, I, I know I, I probably started off this uh, interview on a slightly negative tone. I said, oh, I think it's 20 fights is too many, I think, for one night but yeah. of an elite. But one of the members of the IBA, uh, the, one of the higher-ups anyway, said, oh, it's, it's better for people who are traveling down, you know, so they don't have to come down on consecutive nights. I thought maybe tonight and maybe hold the semifinals last week, maybe hold the finals across two nights, don't split it male and female, I mean, mix it up. So maybe last night yeah. your headliner could have been Kelly Harrington and the featherweight final. Tonight's headliner could have been light heavyweight final and Desmond against I agree, Gloria Washington. Maybe I, 10 I fights apiece. The fighters get their walkout music and all. And I've become really sickened with uh, professional boxing. Just way too much pomp and ceremony. It's all BS. You know what I mean? It's it gets it, it gets too much at times. It does. It does. Absolutely. Fight yeah. it all in. But at the same time, I think Lee Finals night might need a little bit of the razzmatazz. And tonight, there's a happy like, medium. There's a happy medium to be found there. It missed it a little bit tonight. It was a little bit dry, and as a because of the duration, it wasn't a bit dry. Um, one fight's over, and then the next one's out, and you know people are getting interviewed as the next fight is on. It's just in out, in and out. But like a, like a cattle mart almost. Yeah, well, but, I, I remember. Um, I think it was 2016 Frank Stacy put on a show here in uh, in Dublin and my dearly beloved mother-in-law Mary came up and she watched the boxing with us when she watched the boxing with us she had only been at amateur contests before where my, my wife was boxing and uh, she said oh she goes, this is great crack because Frank had a bit of music in between the MC was kind of livening up the crowd and it was nice so there's a happy medium to be found I don't think we found it um, maybe the years where we had Ward and Egan were they were pretty close. Yeah. They were pretty close to perfect. Now, the one thing I will say, and I really hasten to say this, is I think that perhaps over two nights would be fantastic. Making a, a box test weekend would be very nice about it, a Saturday and a Sunday or something along the lines. But I think it's absolutely crucial and it's very unfair that female sports are not endorsed as much as the male sports are. And 
if the females were ever to lose support because of splitting nights, I think that's just out of the question because they deserve it so much. To do a male night and a female night. No, I, just, I don't think it'll work. At the same time, I think, like speaking as a member of the media, I think the, the female fighters for the last four or five years They've been the highlight. I've been, I've been getting. Been, like, they've been the highlight. We hang most of our stories off the female fighters. I was, you, you mentioned Kelly yeah. first, and that's just the way it is. You know, star power, uh, star power sells. You know, you mentioned Kelly first, and then you go down to the rest of the fights. It mightn't have been the most competitive contest of the night, although Breslin gave it her all. But <laughs> don't worry about it. Sorry. Sure, I was. It might have been the most competitive <laughs> contest of the night, or the most intriguing contest of the night. But I suppose Harrington making history—that was still, yeah, still absolutely. The headline. She's still the Olympic champion. And again, like I said, it's two females that have made history. I was. I talked earlier today, I was at the IABA Strategic Forum, and I think I read it's one like 28% of the IABA membership is female, which I was shocked. But when you look at the proper producing, the medals, our two gold medals in the last you know, 10 years, they've been females. You know, most of our international medals, I'd imagine, are females. So it's to be endorsed and to be promoted. But, um, and again, like I said, they actually have the star power. But I think that across the sport, we need to engage more with the media. TG Carr have been absolutely fantastic. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, to, 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 to publicize our stars more, it can only help and if we show some of the females that we have that'll get the next generation of both females and males involved but I really appreciate you coming to talk to me about the seniors tonight or the elites as, as they call them the elites now yeah what about, what about your, your own involvement in boxing your, your clubs you put the gloves up for good now yourself and all I think you've been telling me you got, you got the old itchy knuckles recently as well so yeah well, well the funny thing was just um, I suppose it was at the time years ago I just put family first I mean I never wanted to step away from boxing I still more or less in the gym every day myself doing a little bit just enjoying it but at the same time now too I've kind of I got domesticated like Mickey said to Rock I got domesticated and I got married to a wonderful lady and we have my daughter there so we're enjoying that but um, we I'm in a really nice spot I'm back training in the first gym where I started off as a kid in Lockray Boxing Club it's making me part of the community because I come from the country outside so to go into the town I needed a link to get people to know me uh, it's great there I'm over the Galway senior boxing squad and um, there's about 35 guys that we train all the time which developed that there we got a couple of national champions out of it this year which is so satisfying um, the Galway county secretary too <laughs> I just remember that one. Was that one. <laughs> and on top yeah. of that, I'm doing a good job, I promise. And to finally to cap it off, then I got the enormous privilege and honor to become a, a national coach there a number of weeks ago. I got my first international recently. So I, I just love it. I'd like to be involved um, with this wonderful, tremendous sport that was so good to me growing up, you know. And uh, yeah, whatever I can give back, I will. Well, keep fighting a good fight, Alan Donald. Thank you very much for joining us today. Much, uh, much appreciated. And that was Alan Donnan there catching up with Kev after the senior elite finals, elite senior finals, whatever it's called these days at the weekend. Uh, some interesting stuff there, Kev. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you can hear the excitement. You know, the, it's it's a buzz after watching so many fights. Uh, like, I didn't want to be too negative about the, uh, the whole event either, but I think it could be, could be run a bit better. However, like, the, there's some, still some quality fights. I want to say in my in my own... It's probably made it very clear in the interview with Alan, but yeah, best fight was definitely Cassidy versus Dawson. And I'd say the best weight class this year was uh, the men's 57. I wish I could say it was the women's welterweight, but unfortunately, just a couple of injuries got in the way. But like, had you had two world champions in the same weight class, Amy Broadhurst and Lisa O'Rourke, along oh, with, along with Grony Walsh. championship with two world champions in this fight, not. 
Yeah, yeah. and the reigning champion Grania Walsh in there and Christina Desmond, the cal- like the history she's put into boxing, like a legend of the sport, you know, and a European silver medalist as well. So like, and a reigning champion at seventy. That, that's down, a prize fighter night. It's out there. It's it's yeah. incredible. Like and. You know, just if this is given a bit more time to breathe, you can you can explain the context from the ring. You can they need a new sound system as well. They need a new sound system. Just you know, didn't even get to hear Pat Benatar. Hit me with your best shot at the finals this year. That's always a that's always a favor. The lads know. The lads know. Um, out there, is it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or I'm gonna knock you out. Was that a LL Cool J? Was it? But um, yeah, of uh, years gone by. Speaking of uh, years gone by. I'll introduce now my couple of chats with um spoke to most of the boxers around the place, but you know, the sound wasn't it was loud and there was emotions running high. I wouldn't really use it in the podcast, but I did have a couple of chats with two of the trainers. They were winning National League Boxing Championships when I started going along. They were they were the, you know, both from the same club, St. Michael's a tie. Uh John Joe Joyce, Eric Donovan coached their boxers, Jason Nevin and Jude Gallagher to elite final wins on Saturday. So I caught up with the lads. I'll start off with John Joe Joyce. Champion tonight. That's our first one today. Congrats, man. Because you started up a club a few years ago. You had loads of success. Start up and do and loads you of Raised people. them from the cradle to the to the to the championship. You know, to the elite men's championship. Right up the whole way from Jason was what seven or eight years of age starting it off. He was one of our first boxers in the club. 2014, we started off. It's 2014, and right as you says, bring them right up. So it's nice to have a kid that you bring up the whole way. It was a tight fight. It was. Listen, it was. It was a very close fight. Uh, it was very tight. Could have gone either way. We didn't perform as good as we can. But at the end of the day, finals nights are not about um, performance. It's about winning. You know I mean, and nobody remembers the performance. Nobody remembers second place. At the end of the day, ten years from now, always remember who won. Because you had to get over the disappointment of yeah. losing at this stage last year. He was only 18, I think, at the time, was he? And he was 19, was 19 last year, 20 this year. Hey, look. It, um, you, what work has he put in the last 12 months man, to go from runner-up champion? Well, Jason has the ups and downs of the sport. Like He, he achieved so much underage, and then we got the underage title, and then he, had, he hadn't achieved as much then. But he kept going. He stays focused every day. He's one of our best trainers. And like I said, we, we as a club... And as he and, and and also as Jason, we want this more because we can build on this. He's our first time. Now we have a heap of kids behind him. All in the next two or three years yeah. coming through. What's this gonna do for your club? Like, you, like, well, how, next, how many boxers have you got? Next year, You're the head man, and, and it's, it's always tough to motivate kids. I'm sure well, you need to see. Um, everybody knows when you get to 79 years of age, the kids can walk away from. But at the moment, we have Pat Young, Patsy Joyce coming through the road ranks next year. He's elite next year. After that, we have a. Uh, Coming up, we have a couple of kids too. after that. Uh, Neil Kyo, uh, Luke Hall, Ryan Jenkins, all on the range champions looking to come in two more years. After that, we big John Dunnell. So, serious talent in the club, just need to keep it going. People remember, obviously, you for like when I, when I started coming here, you were the man here. You were winning titles <laughs> every year, you know what I mean? Uh, and you, you're, you know, you were the man here. And does it bring you back finals night every year? Do you get, still get that same feeling? I look at it. you win here in the end? Was it final? I won, no, I won four senior titles. I lost three of them. Uh, it's just like had me ups and downs too. I had the joys of you says I was the man here. Come up to the stadium in 2008, having three fights, up three lads in three days, 20 pound rules. That was on a high. But look, as years go on, you know what I mean? But I still passionate about it. When I, when I gave up the sport, I didn't walk away from it. I trained for the club and I still passionate about the club. I want the club being successful. Um, for the last three years, last four, four years, we won best club. We're the most successful club in, in Ireland. 
with the most alarms every year. But this is the most important one because now we can see people can stop saying we're a great young club, we're great. Johnny's the best young coach, or it's the best young No, Is that what people say about you? Ah, yeah. Everybody says good Johnny, with the kids. Johnny's good with the kids, Johnny's good with the great underage coach, great schoolboy coach. But no, we want to see your little Does that take away from you, do you think? It takes away nothing for me because I know what I put in the work. Yeah. I, I know every day. People kept saying, oh, he's a big good schoolboy coach, he's a good underage coach. But no, nah, I, I just don't, I don't have the kids the ages yet. Yeah. No, it's up to the kids. They have to keep going because we all know at a certain age kids can walk away from it. But if the kids keep yeah. with me, if the kids stay with me and Especially stay Especially like in, do you have, do you have a greater uh, number of traveller boxes? Because traveller boxes no, tend to fall away a little bit. No, Maybe really, have a higher, no, we, we have a mixture of more. Yeah. It's, listen, and I get what you're saying, but I didn't drop off and I'm a traveller kid. Do you know what I mean? We've certainly yeah, look, look at yeah. Joe Ward. Do you know what I mean? Look at the Lewis, how many, yeah. how many, well, you're, it's is, all it, about is it wrong to say that you're turning the tide on it? Or is it, no, no, really, no, it's individual. It's all about the kid. Look at the best. Uh, I bet I, I went to Olympic Games, but certain kids was probably more passionate, but more better than me. But they didn't stick out. Do you find it hard? Like, is it hard to motivate kids at the minute? Like they've got, like they've got their PlayStations, their phones, their social media. So, stuff like that. Is it hard? Yeah, I have a little this, 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 and but he does his training. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, he says, yeah. we we have a good family club. We're very, we're very close to all the kids. I bring, as you said earlier, I bring these kids up from a very, very young age, from seven, eight years of age. Now they're coming into that age. And like I said, we grabbed our first senior title. We're still going to be looking for the juniors, the, the school by title, the junior title, the European schools, the European. We're going to still get it. But now we can build on the senior. We got our first. And the first is always the hardest. Now, the, now we can put that on the wall. The damn And the lads yeah. will look at that wall and the building. That's what we want to aim at. You had that yourself at St. Michael's yeah. Atoy at the wall. And all the success, like Roy Sheehan, Eric Donovan, yeah. all the boys, Tommy Sheehan, all the boys. You beat off all of it. Yeah. We, were, we were bouncing off each other. We were learning off each other, and as you said, this dad winning it. I think Eric won our first senior title. And Dom grabbed the dad. The three year after that, they made three and four. Like, I remember I was talking Dom last week about, remember we won the six in this final, six in finals night. It might be impossible to get it now, but there was so much politics going on. But yeah. at the same time, you imagine having six Draw, in the final. Draw, they're doing their best to get Yeah, that, they're man. doing their best, but like, uh, a fair play to them, but that's my aim. I'm not settling for one. Like I'm, I'm looking for in the next four or five years from now, come to see the championships where at least four or five kids winning and competing in the finals. You're known in Ireland, I suppose. Still, people remember you from the Olympic Games as a, as a boxer. Still a young man. So how did you make the transition to become a coach? Are there courses that you had to undergo, or do you just remember? Do you just have your own style. What is I it? I have my own style. I'm my own style. I'm my own way doing things. Um, like I said, when I, when I finished all, I something about wanted in that last year or two in boxing. I kind of was working on a club and. That's what I wanted to do, and I stick with it. I stick with what I was learning with Dom, with my dad, with with Billy, with Zor, with all the coaches, with Jimmy Payne, all those lads. I, I, I picked a little bit off each of them. I didn't go command and say I want this style. I picked on a little bit more, and it's basically Johnny Jay style. Most of the lads kind of box a bit like me, but they pick and piece up from it's there. I, I only chip away at them. It's there. It's there. It's them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I got my own way doing things. We're gonna build on it. I'm not settling for it. I know people say every year 20 odd titles and 17 best club, best club, this in the schools. I'm not settling on a senior title tonight. I'm going tomorrow, we have 16 kids tomorrow in the Wexford Box Cup finals. So I'm going from here tonight to go down home. That's what I was going to ask, how do you celebrate? Nah, no, tonight, no. no, I celebrate tomorrow, I might have two ciders. Uh, <laughs> but tonight I'm going on the way down to Wexford tonight. I'm sleeping on a chair because I've got no bed. And tomorrow I have 16 kids in the finals. So. Who's sure? Well, whoever gives it to me first, whoever's house gives me a win. So, yeah, yeah. 
But it's great, it's finals nights, it's not the same during when we went, like, it's funny, like, the talent is not there anymore. Do you think so? I don't think so. And these individuals, some good boxers, but you remember back in the days, 2007, 8, 9, 10, 12, the stadium was packed with so many good lads, there's three or four lads in good lads. Now you get that this year, 57, at certain weights, yeah. 80, 80 kilos, two good lads in that way too. Yeah. Finals have done it. This other weights is not really that strong. But we have to build on it. We've got to keep getting the back out, you know so. But that's not up to me. I can only do my bit. You can do your bit, and others around yeah. can keep doing their yeah. Some of the feelings after that. Uh, oh, just, um, but he did need the last round. He lost the second round three times. All right. But he did need the last round. Oh, he did, yeah. Ah, um, uh, it wasn't absolutely. Uh, oh. I suppose winning it yourself. Ah, oh, better. Better. Ah, oh, he put so much work into it, dude, you know. Uh, he's only 22 years of age. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I know how works, how, how hard he works, and how much he sacrifices for the sport. Um, like, puts a serious commitment in. with <coughs> travels down to me from Tyrone. He's part of the family now. He lives with us practically most weeks. And uh, so, I, like I said, I just know what he puts into it. I know, like you know, because more than just a coach thing, more than just a coach. We're very close, and um, he's after being through so much as well over the last while. He had to go through a whole uh, behind closed doors selection for the European Championships, and had to spar every featherweight uh, in a test match in order to be selected for the Europeans. And he's done that, and then unfortunate to meet the gold medalist in his first fight, the Cuban, and uh, who was boxing for Bulgaria. Um, and then he had to come back here and do it all again. Yeah. You know, so like you know, when when, but he never ever ever kicked up a fuss about anything. He just said, "Okay, let's go, back to work, back to work, back to work." And it's just a joy and a privilege to work with. Um, makes it easy for me. I never once had to tell him you need to get the finger out. Never. I had to tell him he needs to slow down at times. And that to me, there is the testament of a true professional and a true champion. Yeah. He's one of a very competitive featherweight division. I don't know if there's ever been as competitive one in Ireland, not for a long time. Anyway. Look, I love all those guys: Hessian, Lumen, Eagleson, you know, and you know, Purcell. Joyce coming down from lightweight. All the lights, the Joyce as well, excellent fighters, and I've loads of respect for them. Honestly, I think they're brilliant. They're amazing, you know. But I had to back my guy, you know. And there can only be one uh, winner, and um, I'm just so privileged. To, to be able to work with him, he's an excellent fighter, an excellent. But most importantly for me, he's an excellent person. You know what I mean? He's one of the yeah. best people you will ever meet, and he's a two-time national league champion now at two different weights. Yeah, yeah. He's only 22 years of age, and he's probably won, I think, in my opinion, the most difficult weight division we've seen in donkey's years here in the national. If not, the, probably the most difficult weight division there's ever been. I think there was five or six elite champions in it. Just incredible. And not only elite champions, major medal winners as well. So look, Jesus, now Kevin, I'm just buzzing. Look, thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Rocky Road. Join us again next week and we've got some great episodes coming up to you before Christmas.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 